0: y'all we're back for another episode of building with brevin this is the first episode that we're putting together without co-owner steven on the phone he's enjoying his time over in europe so we'll catch him on the next episode and we will have to tell you what uh what all he got into and, and what fun he had over there so today we have uh my dad mike here with us again thanks uh thanks again for joining. This is the, the second podcast you've joined us on, and I know it won't be the last. So what we would like to go over today is, is weatherization. We want to change it up a bit. So this is going to be more around what we call building science. So there's building science is a very large term uh, that, that incorporates a lot of different things when it comes to construction and uh, the technical side of things. The intent of this is not to bore you with any of the details of building science. That's our job to uh, understand that and and know that very well so that we can build the the quality home that you expect. But we want to specifically dive into weatherization and its importance uh, today. So uh, Mike is going to go into the details of of weatherization, and uh, I've got some questions for him. So this one's... Uh, going to be a little bit different. And uh, you're going to learn a little bit about the importance of weatherizing a home and what happens if you don't. So, uh, Mike, let's start there. What, what do we mean when we say we're weatherizing a home?
1: You know, sure. Thank you, Brian. I'm, pleasure to be here. I, I want to um, just let everybody know that not all homes are built the same. And when you're looking for a builder, you want to look for a builder that does have some exceptional weatherization parts to the home because that's ultimately going to affect your energy usage and, and your energy bill. so uh, what is weatherization what is the definition of weatherization well it's the practice of protecting a building and its interior from the elements like water wind and sunlight to reduce your energy consumption and to optimize your energy efficiency and uh, there's there's a number of factors that go into play in determining the energy efficiency of a home so uh you know, we can get into that whenever you're ready, Brian.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's the definition, but let's bring that down to layman's terms. What what are the best products and or ways to weatherize a home, right? So we know that that's what it means, but let's talk about someone's specific home. They've got their dream home in mind and they're saying, hey, I, I want to make sure that I'm not going to have issues later with water or... I'm paying for this expensive home. We talk about energy a little bit, uh, ice, all that. So, uh, what, what are the products and ways? I mean, I know this, there's a lot to this question and we won't go spend hours on it, but
1: we could literally spend hours on this question, (laughs) but let's just break it down into, into four major parts of weatherization. I like to, to think of there's more than this, but just basically the four biggest components that a builder needs to address when building a home that's tight and, um, energy efficient is the doors would be number 1 windows would be number 2 insulation would be number 3 and then the sealing all the penetrations would be number 4 and each one of those categories has um certain things that need to be addressed or looked at to make sure that if you optimize each one of those four categories then i think you're going to have a pretty tight home and and the goal is to have a house that uh is is not doesn't leak air doesn't leak water, uh, doesn't leak sunlight. That so, sounds kind of funny to say, but windows play a large role in that. So, um, you know, looking at the doors, then uh, you know, starting with the doors, there are simple things that when you install the door, you want to make sure the door fits right. You want to make sure that the weather seal, the door touches tight to the weather seal. You want to make sure that the weather stripping on the bottom of the door uh, seals tight against the threshold of the door. And then... Um, before you insulate it or before you sheetrock it rather you want to make sure that the insulation around the door is you know sealed pretty tight and foamed to minimize that air infiltration. So if you do that you're going to have a door or all doors that are pretty tight. So that would be the first thing I would say, Brian.
0: Yeah, and you bring up a good point as I as I'm listening to you it reminds me of just all the little details that that goes into uh the build early on, right? I mean, this isn't the the final details of making sure that there's caulking on the on the the shower pan or or things like that. I mean this is this is early on in the build, you know, right around the frame stage with windows and making sure those are installed properly. Uh all of these all of these things we you talk about insulation, uh that they're all very critical very very early on to to uh, make sure that the, the performance of the home is there for, for a long time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The uh, The next biggest thing, uh, did you know that a home's windows, and in this day and age, uh, there's a trend towards more windows, more glass, more light. Well, that 70% of the energy loss in a home can be attributed to windows. So and 90% of that, can be attributed just to the heat coming through the windows. So when it's a sunny day, the heat from the sun is coming through your windows, heating up your carpet, your tile, your countertops um, from the outside. So how do you reduce the heat, the infrared we call it, the, the heat from the sun's light is is called the infrared light. That's what's heating up your house. So when the sun shines through the windows, it's heating up your carpet, your flooring, and your air conditioner has to cool that heat. So there's something on the windows, and, and Brevin Homes is particular to use a window that's called a low-e window. And e stands for emissivity, and I won't get into the details of that. But if you can reduce the amount of the ultraviolet light that damages the, it kind of fades your curtains and fades your your furniture and whatnot, and also reduces the amount of heat gain that comes in through the windows, then your home's going to be a whole lot more energy efficient. So. Not only is the uh, installation of the window important, but also the type of windows that are installed and the double pane glass with low E coatings on the inside of the window are super important. And I know a lot of builders are doing that today, but make sure that the builder is putting in a low E glass and um, that helps reduce the infrared heat gain that comes through your windows. So, you know, without getting into too much more of that, um, muddy in the waters. It's just you know that window, the windows itself and the installation of the windows is a super important part of energy efficiency.
0: You you mentioned one of the four uh categories, if you will, just that we that we've put together is insul insulation. Now let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Not insulation, insulation. Insulation. Um, yeah. right.
1: So there's many different types of insulation on the market. And, um, I, I would say the economy builders are going to use a fiberglass. You've seen the pink panther. It's the pink. Um, it's a, it's a fiberglass batted insulation that, um, goes in the walls. So after you frame the house and you have all the mechanicals in, it, you're going to put insulation between the interior of the home and the exterior of the home. And that's going to um, stop the, the heat flow through the walls. And it's typically measured in R value. R is the resistance value of the heat to go through the wall. Well, the fiberglass insulation that many builders use uh, only has an R value of uh, about three per inch. Um, so it's not, it's not super efficient. And um, when you put a bat insulation in a wall, you're going to get about an R13 in the exterior wall, which is a typical two by four wall uh, with an R13 R value. Um, there is rock wool, there is blown in cellulose, um, but going in in levels of performance, the top one of the top levels of performance, and there's there are some more that are uh, super expensive and more insulation. Uh, just I don't think you get your return back in 30 years. But we use a closed cell foam sprayed in foam insulation, um, which is a, a high R value insulation, and in a three inch wall you'll get um, uh, like an R21 in that. So the foam insulation has an R6 or R7. So if you blow in three inches of R7 insulation, you're going to get an R21. So again, as opposed to a fiberglass bats of an R13, you're getting an R21 R value in a three inch wall or a three and a half inch wall. So um, that's, that's really, really uh, far superior to a lot of the insulation methods that are being used in the market. A little bit more expensive, but far more superior and a whole lot more energy efficient. And what I like about the foam also is it it encompasses uh, pipes and electrical wires. One of the major problems with a with a bad insulation is the ins the installation of the insulation is poor. The most of the guys that are putting in the insulation don't cut around the wires, they don't seal the penetrations, and it's just kind of laid in there loosely, which actually negatively affects the R value. But it's blown in. Insulation actually goes around all the pipes and it seals the air, seals the wall, seals the penetrations, and uh, does just a superior job so that's the importance of insulation in in a uh, energy efficient home and trying to again optimize energy efficiency
0: yep uh, that's great. One of our past clients uh, was talking about the 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 foam that we put in their house, and he compared it to an igloo cooler, right? And I know the the coolers have come a long way, and they're not just your standard foam. That was what fifteen twenty years ago, and now you get uh, the vacuum seal and all that, and these these fancy Yeti coolers and whatnot. But but in a sense, it's like a it's like a cooler. You are trying to just contain everything, and, and to the best of your ability, seal seal every last bit of that home from the external environment. Absolutely
1: yeah yeah so you're living in, in in essence in inside of an igloo cooler which yeah it, it keeps things hot and it keeps things cool
0: yeah yeah it's it's also interesting to just recognize how closely correlated or connected uh weatherization and energy efficiency is right we know they go hand in hand but sure do. Uh, it it's it's just a good reminder good piece of knowledge to have that uh the energy efficiency and the weatherization uh, if one goes up, the other one typically goes up, right? If one goes down or you don't do something around weatherization, or you have a, a penetration where water's getting in that you're also going to lose, you're also going to lose energy there as well. Increased utility costs and, yeah. and potentially other issues, which leads me into my next question for you. Uh, what, are, what are the risks associated with poor weatherization of your home? I mean, what what can happen, right? And And not to scare people, but this is a serious topic when you're building a building a home, building an asset that that you're going to own. That um, is, uh, I believe the the corrective actions afterwards are, are are not good, right? They're not easy. So
1: yeah. So well, to answer that directly, um, weatherization really encompasses water, wind, and sunlight. And if you don't keep out the water, wind, and sunlight it's going to adversely affect a lot of things. So obviously the water is the biggest thing. So if you're not keeping the water out, you're gonna have water penetrating the interior walls. And a lot of times you don't even know this is happening because it's coming into the studs, getting the insulation wet, rotting out the wood, possibly causing mold, and um, which is also a health hazard. So if you don't keep the water out and weatherize it properly, that can be a serious hazard uh, to your health, especially if you're allergic to mold and such, not to mention it's, it can rot out the in- side of the walls uh, which can cause structural damage so that was that's the water that's obviously a, a very important element to try to keep out you're also trying to keep out the wind when you have a hole in your house even it, houses are wrapped with a lot of different exterior components uh, there's a they call it a, a brand name is Tyvek paper but it's a wrap it's a house wrap that keeps supposed to keep the water and the wind out but even pinholes if you have uh, something the size of a pencil that air is coming through into your house. You can have, uh, oh, lots and lots and lots of outside air being blown into your house, which is bringing in, bringing in, um, again, hot air in the summer, cold air in the winter and a lot of pollutants. Uh, when there's that African safari dust coming over the houses, it's being sucked into your house. So, uh, which creates a, a hazardous indoor air quality. So, you know, weatherization is, is super important. And so those are some of the consequences of keeping that out. And then the sunlight, if you don't keep out the sunlight, it's going to fade. The ultraviolet light is going to fade your furniture, your carpet. Uh, The heat is going to heat up your carpet and the inside of the home that your air conditioning is going to have to reheat or recool, rather. And um, so these are all the the consequences of poor weatherization.
0: Yeah, and after the last few summers that we've had in Texas, uh, energy efficiency should be... Of of some of the utmost importance for anybody looking to build a new home right now, right? It's just uh, yeah, extreme heat that you're trying to trying to keep out. So
1: yeah, especially uh, in the south, you're you're trying to keep the heat out.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think that you touch on something else with with rotting studs, uh, mold. You know, mold is something that that uh, can be really serious, right? And and uh, it's it's important that there's there there are inspections and other things done throughout the the phases of the build to make sure that hey there's that this this home is built properly with the proper weatherization that uh the expectation is that hey there's not going to be any mold or 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 rotting until it's until you you find out and it's really bad so
1: yeah exactly um
0: so along those same lines i, I mean I come to Brevin Holmes or any home builder that I'm going to choose to work with. And I say, okay, I know that this is important. I don't know all the materials that go into uh, building a home that uh, affect the weatherization, but, but how do I know that I have a home that is properly weatherized? Right. I know you can call an inspector out, but you're still relying on on that inspector to, to look at these things, right? And there's a lot of good inspectors out there. There's a lot of bad, bad inspectors. So, you know, how do I know that? And, and then we can talk about some of the things we do at Brevin Homes on every single one of the homes that we build, that we give our, our homeowners uh, peace of mind and, and some data from some professional companies.
1: Right, well, exactly, Brian. One of the things that is hard to tell is if you're looking at a window, is that window a low E window? Is that a window a double pane window? Uh, how do you, it's hard to tell unless you per- purchase that window. It's hard to tell what you're looking at. Um, but in the air infiltration area, one of the ways you can tell if you have a leaky house is to have what's called in the industry a blower door test. There's something that a company, a testing company, can come out to your home and put a certain, um, they put a covering over an exterior door with a fan on it and they suck the air out of your house to measure what type of airflow. If the air sucks out of your house very, very easily, that means you have a whole lot of air coming in from unsealed penetrations and unwanted uh, electrical boxes and places like that. Uh, You don't want a leaky house. Uh, So they can tell by doing what's called a blower door test, how airtight your home is. It costs a couple hundred dollars to have that and they'll give you a certificate showing what they found. And, um, that's one way after the home is built to check to see if your homes are energy efficient. And um, the the other thing they do is, is called a duct blaster test. You don't want to have leaky air ducts. So they actually, they, they kind of put pressure on your air ducts and they pressurize them and kind of blow into the air ducts and to see if they're leaking. And they have to hold a certain pressure also. So those are the two main methods that they can actually do as far as testing is concerned. Uh, you can have an inspector come around and look at your doors and see if you can see light from the inside to the outside, you know, you have a hole there. So there's some minor things you can do. But anyway, those are the two major things you can do retroactively to check and see if you have an energy efficient home.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's great. And I think it's important to point out that your standard third party inspector, unless you specifically ask for these tests, they're you're probably not going to get those tests done, right? No, it's not, not just a part of your standard, hey, let's especially after the home has been complete, hey, I want somebody to come in and just do a third-party inspection on this yeah. home. These tests are, are not being done. most And,
1: of the time. and mostly, mostly, Brian, uh, don't mean to interrupt, is that because you can't fix them. Yeah, you know, it's really hard yeah. to fix. If you have a leaky house, well, the way you fix a leaky house is you build it right. You, you build it with all the penetration sealed and you build it for water resistance and waterproofing. It's really hard to fix things after the fact. So if you have a leaky house, you're, you're going to pay more. You have a $300 electrical bill because the house was built poorly. It's really hard to fix that after the fact. So that's why most people don't actually do it later.
0: Yep. And every single home that we build, we do the duck blaster test and the blower door test. And we provide those results from the energy company that we work with to all of our homeowners. So they have that data and uh, they they know that it's, most of our, all the houses we have built thus far have been better than average in in the 75% 75 percentile or better in terms of the, uh, the the test results that these companies do. So you've you kind of answered this question already, but can you go back and improve on weatherization and or energy efficiency after the home is complete? I think the answer is yes and no, but can you give us an example of some things you can and cannot do?
1: Sure. You're exactly right. It's, it's really hard to go back and Seal penetrations, but the easiest thing is if you have a leaky window, you can caulk a leaky window. If you have a door that leaks, you can get, uh, change out the weather stripping or get additional weather stripping to seal that air that's kind of leaking in your home. But, uh, and if you have a water leak, you might be able to again caulk it or, you know, take off some siding and fix it. All retroactive solutions, but, um, not easily addressed. And it only helps nominally. Most of the air is coming in through. Gas pipes, electrical wires, um, plumbing pipes, all those types of penetrations going to the outside. Or just during construction, if somebody you know, knocked a hole in the outside wall and then you put brick up or sheathing up, you don't see that hole. And that's going to let air in forever. And it comes in into your insulation through your electrical outlets. I don't know if you've ever had it. I've, I've seen this many times. I put my hand up against an electrical outlet on the inside of a home. You can feel the breeze coming through that electrical outlet. Uh that means there's a hole in the wall. So that's really hard to fix. So certain certain things you can address, most of them you cannot.
0: Yep. Yep. So just more reason to make sure that these things are done right during the build process because that's that's when you have the opportunity to get it right, not later. Yeah, for sure. Well, Dad, that was all I had, and I, I hope that uh the listeners here have Taking something away from this, I think the most important is that we're not trying to educate you to be the experts in weatherization or energy efficiency. Nor do you probably honestly want to be. Uh, that's our job. But uh, we wanted to make you more aware and informed of what this means and the importance of it in your home, so that you can ask the proper questions to the the builder that you're working with, and uh, just be more confident and, and knowledgeable on on this topic. So, Mike, any other closing words here?
1: No, I think you summed it up well, Brian. It, it, weatherization is important. And um, without getting into the more, more complicated details, you want a tight home. Bottom line is you want a tight home. You want minimum air infiltration because the less air that comes in, the less you have to recool or reheat. You don't want water to come in um, for obvious reasons, because of mold, you just you want that builder to build a tight home, airtight, watertight home, and that's what you're striving for. And like you said, Brian, hopefully you've learned a little bit about weatherization along the way.
0: Great. Well, this is episode number two for you, and it's like I said at the beginning, absolutely not going to be the last. So study up on the next topic, and we're gonna have we're gonna have fun on another one.
1: Look forward to it. <laughs>
0: And uh, we'll, Stephen should be back next week and we'll get to hear about his his trip, for, trip to Europe. So thank you all again for listening. And uh, as we always say, feel free to reach out with any topics or suggestions you have for us. We love the feedback we get from you and uh, couldn't do it without our listeners. So thank you. And until next time.